This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. The election results are in. Even Captain Jack Sparrow kicked our behind in the Minneapolis mayoral race. So we're back to where it all started. We'll have to keep this podcast going. We don't have a new career on the horizon. So here we are. It is Scoop Podcast episode number 108 being taped on Thursday, late afternoon, the 9th of November. We'll go lengthy interview with former Wild player, the pride of White Bear Lake, plus Minnesota State man kid Ryan Carter to start. And we'll go news and notes to finish. First, some love for one of the sponsors of the Scoop Podcast, Vine Park Brewing. Vinepark.com online. Vine Park Brewing is in St. Paul, conveniently located on West 7th Street between 35E and downtown St. Paul. Closer to 35E. $7 gets you a tour of Vine Park Brewing. You can see how they make their beer, their wine, their root beer. That $7 gets you a flight or a pint plus Hagee's Pizza. So you learn all about how to make all their fine products. You get fed. You get to taste some. That's about as good as it gets. Now, if you're not into that sort of thing, just like beer, you need your beer fix for the weekend, swing in, grab a growler. They have all sorts of different flavors. They will have something. If you're into beer, they will have something that will satisfy your taste buds. Trust me, they have a good tasting product. They've been around for 22 years. Forget anything I can say about how great Vine Park Brewing is. You don't last 22 years in this competitive marketplace of all the local craft beers, if you don't have a good-tasting beer, they have it. So be sure to check them out. Vine Park Brewing, again online, vinepark.com. All right, Ryan Carter was in studio with me for a future Channel 5 TV piece late last week. So it's about a 22-minute conversation talking about life after hockey. Ryan Carter retiring after 10 years in the NHL. He went to White Bear Lake High School, then starred at Minnesota State Mankato. He won a Stanley Cup his rookie year in the NHL, finished his NHL career by playing for the Hometown Wild. If you are into hockey, if you're into a fascinating conversation, I thought he was a very good conversation, if I should say so myself. Had nothing to do with my questions, by the way. He's just a good talker. He's got a future in broadcasting if he wants it. So if you're into hockey, if you have an interest in Ryan Carter, listen for the next about 22 minutes. Otherwise, You can fast forward about 22 minutes. I'll get to some Wolves notes, Twins free agency, and whatever else I have jotted down on my scratch piece of paper over the next 20 minutes. Anyway, here is Ryan Carter. Does retirement seem official? I mean, heck, have you waffled it all the last couple weeks now that the season has gotten going? Or are you 100% you know that this is it, you are retired? Yeah, for me, there's no question. Uh, Yeah, I'm retired, not playing. Um, uh, It's... Seems official. I think it was a little hard during training camp and the, the later stages of summer because you feel like it's time to you know be a part of something and you've got your goals and things like that. And this year I didn't really have that and all the tweets and everything that come through on, on hockey and things. So it was a little different this year, but uh, uh, yeah, no bad feelings. If the phone rings, would you answer? <laughs> you never know. I mean, what if some team is looking for somebody that can be a you know a bottom six type forward? You know, special teams, a grinder, yeah. you know, somebody that can kill some penalties. If the phone rang, would you answer it in January or February? Uh, yeah, you know, I'd answer it just probably to see who it is and talk to him. Probably know him. I played for a handful of teams, so yeah. the hockey community is pretty solid. So I'd probably pick it up just to say hello, chat for a while. But, uh, yeah, I don't think anything would materialize. I haven't, I haven't worked out. I, th- I threw the towel in. I mean, I think it would take me uh, more than a shorter period of time to get back into shape and play again and um my body's happy with it so i'm happy with it did it really set in retirement when you when you penned 
that very touching thank you letter that was posted on the Wilds website? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that was all part of it there. I think it's uh, in retirement. So it's it's weird when I think of retirement in my mind, I think of like later stages of life, but I'm kind of, you know, it's it's odd. I'm only I'm 34, which is old in the in the sports world, but mm-hmm. you know, I've got young kids. I still feel like I have a lot of energy and things yes. like that. And I talk about retirement, it's like I pause for a minute, but yeah, I'm done playing and uh, I have some feelings and you know, you have an identity, I think playing the sport and being who you are like I walk around town you're Ryan the hockey player or so you have this identity and all of a sudden one day that identity is kind of it's still you but you're not supporting it any further and that's a little odd and um I have these feelings and you reflect on it now because instead of chasing now I'm reflecting and things like that and that's where the thoughts and things like that for the letter and you know trying to make a, a statement and say hey listen i appreciate the people that helped me along the way i probably didn't say it enough along the way but um you know now that i'm done i realize all these other things i've got kids of my own and things like that and perspectives a little different so um i'm getting all that part of the retirement the reflection stuff but yeah i still feel good and young has to be an identity you're proud of i mean you think about the career that you carved out 10 years i mean that's a nice magic number to make it 10 years undrafted I mean you have to be incredibly proud of everything that you accomplished yeah I think the I think the word carved is probably right uh, I am proud of it I'm proud of the fact that I don't think I was really given anything I had to kind of work for it and I had to grind for it and I had to sacrifice for it and um, I think in the end those things are what's rewarding for me uh, I didn't get like a really long-term deal I didn't get bought out I didn't get situations like that you know I always had to work for it I always had to sacrifice and, like you said, carve it out, and that's probably what I'm most proud of. Any regrets? Any regrets? Yeah, I mean, there are regrets. Uh, there are certainly regrets, uh, you, but you never know. I guess it's what-ifs. I guess it's more of what-ifs, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to do that, but, um, you know, in hockey, playing a fourth-line role maybe isn't the most prestigious role, and going into playing professionally, I, I probably had a different skill set, you know, but... I had to adapt to it and uh, accept a certain role and things like that, and I learned, and I think that's part of carving it out. But um, in the end, if I could do it all over again, maybe I'd shoot for the moon and try to play a different way or take more risk or things like that. But um, I don't think that that's really all that beneficial to think about too much. You know, it's over. It's done. I'll be happy with what I did. You know what, though? I mean, some of that, you left Mankato early. Now, it worked out. I mean, you win a Stanley Cup. Just like that, you choose to sign with the Ducks. But is that part of some of the regret that maybe if you stayed at Mankato longer, you would have turned into a different player? Yeah, there's no question that's part of it, and those are the thoughts I have. And I, I tell kids that too. Um, you know, don't chase the first opportunity. If you're a player, you will play. You know, do what you need to do to be the best player you can be. Um, I think I, I analyze my situation a little bit too much at that time in terms of what I could produce or what I couldn't. I was undrafted. This is the opportunity I had. And um, I chased opportunity. I think in the end, maybe what's best is if I would have thought what's best for me as a player. If I truly am a player, I'll play. And you don't really know, you know, yeah, I won a cup the first year doing it, and that was great. You know, maybe if I stayed and played two more years of college, who knows, maybe I'd have three cups, you know, and you don't really know. But um, those are the things that I think about from time to time. And, um, it's interesting, but there's not much I can do about it now. You do have the one, though. I mean, 
How yeah. often do you think about your name is on the Stanley Cup? Yeah, a, a little. I think about it from time to time. I think it's it's sinking in a little bit more because as you retire and um, if you move out of hockey, it's kind of you, you don't you, you don't have a chance to get on there anymore. You know, you've you've lost your opportunity, and um, I think it's neat now to know that something I've accomplished is there. It's done. It's forever. Um, it's also sad that maybe you can't you just can't do it again. You know, but. Um, I think about that. I think about 2012 losing probably more. I don't know why one cup was cool, but I wanted two. You know, I wanted two. But I suppose there's a greater appreciation for how hard it is to win the cup, right, after you lose it, after you win it so early, and then you don't win it again over your next nine years. Right, and I, at the time I didn't understand, oh, this is easy, pro hockey, this is a piece of cake, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you go there, you win a couple of games, you have a copy of a party in the summer, you invite all your friends, all your buddies, this is cool, you know? <laughs> and then it takes a while. You know, you get back, you see. and uh, But the story I always tell is I uh, sit next to, on my bench, my first game, Team Mussolini, we are in the playoffs, and uh, he, I think, probably had played 17, 18 years at that time, and that was the furthest he'd ever been in the playoffs. And here I am, <laughs> green, <laughs> you know, nervous. I was like, geez, maybe this isn't that easy, because it seemed easy, you know. Mm -hmm. but, um, and it wasn't. And like you said, uh, 2012 losing, to me, justifies the, the first experience a little bit more. Um, I would have liked to win in 2012, but um, it was a different journey and, and still rewarding, though. How about some other memories? I mean, I have to imagine capping your career off with a couple of years with your hometown team is about as good as it gets. Yeah, it is as good as it gets. Uh, again, to me, too, that, that outdoor game uh, at TCF Bank Stadium mm -hmm. here was great. I'll remember that forever because to me at that time, um, and it was important to me because the I felt it was the biggest game that this state has probably had. They haven't had like a Stanley Cup final game. Um, I don't know what the attendance there was, but it was large, it was outdoor, a lot of attention, things like that. So um, it was cool for me to have the opportunity to play in that game. I know there were games that have meant maybe more in terms of playoff games and things like that. But on a stage, uh, or on a big stage, it was a big game and it was important to me. And um, it's something I'll remember forever. Is it pretty crazy to think how much can change in a year? I mean, let's circle back to this time last year. Were you recovering from surgery? Uh, yeah, probably freshly, yeah. Yep. So you think about it. And in your mind, and you did. I mean, you came back. You were trying to come back. You were trying to play last year. You played down in Iowa, right? Right. So much changes in a year, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, you think about last November to this November. Think about all the change. Right. Yeah, it, and it changes, and it has changed fast. Uh, you know, it, I could still be playing if things had maybe had gone differently, or I'm not sure, but uh, it, it does change fast, and, you know, I don't know. I also think about that. My first year pro, I was studying, doing final exams, and then less than you know a year later, winning Stanley Cup. Like it's something you never, I never would have thought of. You know, and um, it's kind of funny how it's probably those two years at the at the front end and the back end that really teach me how much can get done or how long a year actually is and how how things change. How much will retirement hit you this weekend as you're hunting? <laughs> well, we talked about it walking into the studio here, but. This is not something you've been able to do, go experience a hunting opening weekend. Right. You finally get to do that. Right, yeah, no, and, and that is the good part. Uh, the, you know, chasing it and moving around, you lose opportunity to hang around with a lot of people that I grew up with, friends, things like that, and family. So, 
Um, the, the free time now allows me to do all those things that I've never done before. So uh, I do get to spend some time duck hunting or, you know, deer hunting and hanging out with some people and doing the things that they do and they enjoy doing. And it's nice that they are involving me and things like that. And um, I'm enjoying that. Expound on growing up in White Bear Lake, some of the things you touched on in the letter. I mean, you're convinced if, if you didn't grow up in White Bear Lake, maybe on the street that you grew up on, that, that maybe the hockey career doesn't unfold like it did? Yeah, there's no question. Uh, the, I think I'm a product of environment more than a product of anything else just because uh, the, the rink in my backyard. I always like to compete and things like that, but I don't know that it would have been channeled towards hockey. Nobody in my family can skate to this day. I'm the only one. Really? Yeah. So wow. My father can't skate. My mother can't skate. Your oldest child? Uh, yeah, my I, I'm a middle, so my oldest sister. Well, can. how about your children, though? Oh yeah, so she's just learning. Okay. Yeah. So she'll get there. Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Wow, no, that's crazy. Yeah. So if it, if it wasn't for that environment that I grew up in, I don't know that I would have I would have gravitated towards hockey. All right. So you're back to school now. Yeah, back to school. You're Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I, okay. I, so I, online classes. I mean, you have to be close. Yeah. You had to have a bunch of credits already. Going back to when you were at Mankato, so we talk in what, just a semester or two and you got your degree? Right, yep. So it's, uh, it's good. It's challenging to go back. I waited uh, 10 years. I, I took some classes in between, but it didn't go well. Uh, you know, I had good... You were a little bit busy. I had good intentions, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, I'll, I'll say this too. Uh, I, I always believed um, that I didn't want to... People always say, well, what's your plan B? What's your plan B? And I always told them, like, I... I don't necessarily believe in plan B's, especially like when you're chasing a dream like playing or something, because uh, the minute you start preparing for plan B is the minute you start accepting failure for plan A, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I, I know I do want to graduate school. It's a goal of mine, but I just have to put it on pause because if I start accepting and planning to fail, then I think I, eventually I will fail. And that's part of the reason why I think I carved it out for a long time is because I just had this mentality, I don't want to fail, I want to do it, you know? So... Um, it's nice to have gotten some of it done, but now it actually stinks that I'm going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> what is Plan B then? Plan B is school, so uh, I'm finishing school. It's a little, uh, it's a little different than when I went, uh, you know, ten years ago. But um, I'm taking the classes online from through Mankato, which mm-hmm. has been great. Uh, the degrees had to change a little bit just because uh, not all courses are offered. I can't satisfy all, all criteria. All right, so online. what was it then and what is it now? I was a finance major, and now I'll be an interdisciplinary studies major. All right, so what is that exactly? Exactly. Complete stupidity. What is that? Right. No, yeah, it's good. I, I like to say that when people ask because then I can pitch it. Um, it's good. It, it gives me a, a chance to be uh, educated in a more round fashion. I can focus on three areas instead of one area. So let's say if I was a finance major. Uh, I would have just finance classes. This one allows me to have finance, uh, management, and maybe like sport management is actually is my third area. So I can hit some things that interest me and uh, that I'll have some experience over my career and I think I'll get value out of it. So we're talking like an agent? Yeah. You want to be an agent in a few years? No, I do not want to be an agent. I see what my agent has to do, and it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's so, I mean, are you thinking, like, working in the banking field? I mean, yeah, ideally, no. what are you doing in a couple of years? Yeah, uh, ideally, geez, that's a good question. Um, but I, I don't know. The areas right now that I'm focusing on are sport management. Like, would I like to be in management or coaching or something like that? Those are questions that uh, I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. Um, I see value in being 
you know stable and not moving around i think coaching it's pretty volatile you have a short shelf life you have the coaches that have been fired and the coaches that are going to be fired you know so um uh, i don't know if that's the route i want to go um management would be i think it's a little bit more stable which i would like but uh, i think those jobs are are tough to get you know there's a lot of good people in it and things like that so um other than that I don't know the business world. I don't know, and uh, I've got the internship now where I'm learning what a different day looks like for different types of jobs, and that's valuable for me. Okay, so where is the internship? Internship is with uh, uh, AM 950, the radio station. So um, selling advertising, learning about the broadcasting, things like that, and uh, it's going well. So I, I get to see what it's like uh, selling a product, a, a salesperson's day, things like that, and then I also get to shadow. Uh, the owner of the radio station, and he allows me to to see what his day looks like, managing people and things like that. So I get to see what like a management day looks like, and um, again, those things are really valuable for me in trying to decide what will fit me and my per personality next. What about coaching, like at the high school level? Forget the professional level. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, was your high school coach a former NHL player? He was. Yep. All right. So there you go. Right. And and yeah, and I think there is. I do have some interest in that. Um, I think right now, and I don't know what it's like for other players that have retired but I think I need a little break you know I don't think I would be a very good coach right now either because instead of coaching I'd be out there doing you know like oh this is how you do it just showing you know instead of coaching so um, I need a little break to step away I think and, and maybe get um, re-motivated or find a different kind of passion in the game but um, it's something I think I'd like to do. So specifically are we talking one semester will you graduate next spring or do you have like another full year you're really putting the heat on well how many classes are you taking right now so i've got i've got three uh four classes i'm taking right now Jeez. yeah so that's <laughs> i think it's a bit much for me so if i took like four again next semester i think i could be close to done how uh, hard is that so four classes yeah it's hard family how many three kids three yep wife i mean i right. can't imagine going back to school with a family right no, I know. It, uh, after 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock, I'm usually reading, and then I try to wake up a little early, read a little bit more, and then I've got the, you know, the responsibilities during the day. But, uh, yeah, so my days are full. I mean, you're probably also reading 7, 8 o'clock. They just happen to be children's stories. <laughs> exactly. Right? I mean, it's story time before bedtime. You're right. And then you're going into story time on finance and everything else. You're right. And uh, I actually like reading those children's books slightly more than these textbooks. But, yeah, you're right. And then when you have the occasional free time, you play a little pickup hockey? Uh, I don't. I don't. What so, do you mean? I saw the video. I was going to say, that was the only, probably about the only time I've skated. Maybe one other time since, uh, since I've been done playing. Looked so, like you were schooling those guys, though. Did you see how red my face was after it? Furnace face. I was, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, boy. I was tired. But, yeah, you know, it was fun. And it was nice that I got to pretend like I was old and didn't have to skate hard for the first 45 minutes. I only gave them 10 hard minutes, and I was dying out there. <laughs> Were you shooting right-handed for the first one? Yeah, yeah, I was. So <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so, uh, I was shooting right-handed because I don't know if you try to. Was it a lefty uh, stick though? No, it was, was that a right part of the bit. Okay, so it was a righty stick. It was a righty stick. Well, that yeah. would have been great part of the bit that to you really didn't even know. Go which, the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried to make yeah. it look like I was like 
legitimately bad. Sometimes it's hard. You know, you just have certain movements that kind of look athletic and things like that. So I knew that I looked really unnatural right-handed. So I was like, I'll just play right-handed for the first 45. It'll look bad, you know. Then it was great, the guy on the bench saying, where'd you play? And I think he said, what, like, White Bear. <laughs> and you're like, I played juniors, Green yeah. Bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we're, then we're, yep. So it was actually great that I was, I was bad to the point where three-quarters of the way through, they would not let, they would not pass it to me. They would not, you know. I had a guy one time lap me on the bench. So I was sitting there, I was up next, and I don't know if the score was close or whatever, but I was getting ready to go, and he just jumped over and went. And <laughs> I just sit back down. What was the reaction? You know, the video was like three and a half minutes long, so we didn't see everything, yeah. including the interaction after you were done playing. What was that interaction like with some of those players once they found out who you were? Yeah, it was neat. I think the reason we, uh, they, they couldn't show it is probably because uh, guys started filtering off as a men's league game, and it's late at night. So okay. guys filter off one by one. Sure. So there wasn't like a big reveal. Yeah. Until we went into the locker room, where I think they had the cameras, but some guys were in some unsavory clothing, so I think they couldn't <laughs> have it, you know, on the video a little bit. So, but um, yeah, it was good. The guys were surprised. It was good. We uh, we went out into the parking lot, which um, was nice, and. You know, we had a beer, which I think that, that happens when you play pickup oh, hockey yeah. and things like that. That's so, the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that was fun. So it was nice. What about putting on all that makeup? Yeah. Well, what was that like the first time you looked in the mirror? <laughs> you know, they, so they, did, they purposely had no mirrors for me. Uh, I couldn't see anything. And then. Okay, so they didn't even show you after the makeup? Well, they did after, but okay. while it was going on, so I couldn't see, like, all the right, steps right. or how it went on. And then I got up and looked at it. I was like, whoa, this is actually really creepy. And I instantly thought of Halloween. I was like, hey, can you come over on Halloween? I want to put this on. <laughs> what was the reaction of your wife and some of your friends? Yeah. Uh, well, so uh, I sweat most of it off in my 10 minutes of hard yeah. work there. But uh, I took a couple of pictures and uh, sent them to my wife and things like that. And she's like, oh, boy, you know, make sure you're putting sunscreen on. I don't want you to look like that when you're 60 or whatever I was targeted to be. So <laughs> There's no temptation to go back and just be 34-year-old Ryan Carter and play with those guys? Uh, you know, there is. I, I, I did have fun playing out there. It was fun. Um, but, no, I was trying to, no, there's not right now. I will play. I've got a, another group of buddies that play locally that have asked if I want to play um, in their Monday night league. And I said, I can't commit to all of it, but if you need a sub, you call me, you know. So, let you go after this. I mean, you know this wild team. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. You know this wild team incredibly well. Sort of an interesting start. Not a lot of consistency through these first 11 games, but do you still feel like this team has a lot of potential? Yeah, there's no question. I'm sure a lot of a lot of people are probably not happy with the way they've started or they're critical of the way they've started, even coaches or management. And I would I would relax because I look at their last season too. You don't want to be playing your your best hockey in October, November, and even I think it was January last year they were playing fantastic hockey, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And look what happens. You end up not. It's just time. I don't know why it is this way, but they they end up not playing good hockey when they need to. So I would relax right now and say this is a good start because guys things are different. It's different than what they're accustomed to. It's a good group of guys. Uh, it's a good team. They're going to be competitive. They're going to win games. And I think it's more about when they're playing their best hockey than consistently. You know, I think they, you know, as long as they're playing good enough to make the playoffs, because nowadays, hockey, you can be the eighth seed and win a cup. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. You just got to get there. So I think that they're going to be just fine. Things are good. Injuries right now, too, are good. There's a benefit to it. Some of these guys, Charlie, now he doesn't have... 
10, 12 games on his body right now that he can put on him later. You and know? he'll be fine, yeah. He'll yeah. be back soon enough. Right, yeah. And it's not panic mode, and that's just the way I look at it. As long as they're playing good hockey, which I think they can, and they will later in the season, not right now, they'll be good. And what about Zach? Did you and Zach play together in New Jersey? Yep. So you know him very well. Right. Back surgery. That's one of those where you're like, at 33... I mean, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he can play for another three, four years. Right. You know, but from my standpoint, you have to wonder a little bit, especially the way he plays. That's a credit to the way he plays, you know, but just the style of his play. You know, you think about all those shots he takes to his back. Right. You know, just, you know, from my standpoint, I just wonder what kind of player he'll be moving forward. Yeah. If he recovers, he'll be just the same. You know, as long as the recovery is well, he'll come back and play just the same, if not better, because it has been bugging him for a while. Um, the back is, it is critical. Hockey players, you look at the stance and the way that you move. Um, you, you bend at angles that aren't angles of normal sport. So that's why there's a lot of issues in the back. If it gets resolved, Zach will come back and be fantastic. You know, it's just a matter of making sure he takes his time and does it right. And that's, that's, that's one thing that I think people, a lot of people know about Zach is he works so hard. He just, he doesn't, probably doesn't do enough to take care of himself and just relax a little bit. But, um, I think he will. He'll come back. He'll be fine. He'll be great. Ryan Carter is Rodney Dangerfield. He is back to school, close to getting his degree at Minnesota State Mankato. By the way, the video I described in that conversation, it's worth your time. YouTube, it might be on the Wilds website. He put the makeup on. It was fantastic. I can't do it justice trying to describe it. Just find the Ryan Carter playing pickup hockey video. It is well worth your time. One wild note before we get to some Twins free agency steam. Brent Flair was on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Episode, I guess it would have been 106, Wild VP Brent Flair. He's scouting, by the way, coming up here over in Europe. But anyway, he said Charlie Coyle, coming back from the broken leg, is ahead of schedule. Should be back on skates next week, maybe back in the lineup before November is over. So I know it's negative right now with the Wild, but getting Charlie Coyle back certainly would be some good news. Here's what you might have missed on a recent Gopher Hole podcast. How does Patino motivate you? Because obviously you guys are picked to finish poorly last year, picked to finish very well this year, but he's kind of stayed even keel. Like, How does he do that and motivate you guys to keep on just playing your hardest regardless of what outsiders are saying? Sure. Um, I think, you know, he kind of talks about us having the mindset that we had last year, um, you know, going into the season where there weren't high expectations. Um, we have to expect highly of ourselves and bring it every day. Can't, you know, come out, come out flat um, because, you know, I mean, you see so many crazy upsets out, out um, across the country. You know, you got you to gotta bring it every day, especially now that we'll have a target on our back. You can find the Gopher Hole podcast on iTunes or Podcast One. Also, Find it on the 1500ESPN.com podcast page. Where to begin on the Twins? Free agency is underway. I can tell you the sense from the industry is the Twins will sign one of the top shelf relievers. Now, there's a lot of guys that could fit into that category. I can tell you they've made contact on Brandon Kinsler, Pat Neshek, Brian Shaw, I'm sure they've touched base on Greg Holland plus Wade Davis. I don't have that confirmed. But many in the industry tell me the sense is the Twins are willing to spend on a free agent reliever or give up a good prospect or two for a good reliever. The belief within the industry also is the Twins are chasing a front rotation type guy. So whether that's Jake Arrieta, 
you Darvish. I know they've actually made contact already on Lance Lynn. Alex Cobb is on their radar. Those guys, keep an eye on them. By the way, Lance Lynn has the same agent as Tyler Chatwood. So when you inquire about Lance Lynn, you also inquire about Chatwood. The GM meetings are next week. All the agents will be there in Orlando. So that's when things will pick up at least a bit in terms of signings. Probably late in the month or at the winter meetings in December back in Orlando. But I can just tell you the Twins are being pretty aggressive, at least in showing interest, on a number of pitchers. On adding a bat, Thad Levine was on Scoop Podcast episode 107. He did not dismiss the possibility of the Twins adding a bat. Now, do I think they'll add a high-profile bat? I guess I would be surprised. But Carlos Santana is on their radar in terms of Santana's camp saying, hey, the Twins would be a pretty good fit. Somebody close to Santana told me, hey, he could DH next year. He could play some first. He could play some left field. So his camp has done their due diligence on the possibility of Santana landing with the Twins. Now, he'll have a number of suitors. Make no mistake, pitching is the Twins' top priority. So if I had to bet, I don't know if I see Carlos Santana landing with the Twins, but I can just tell you his camp has done their homework on the Twins. Then looking ahead to 2019, if Joe Mauer's back, it might not be as the full-time first baseman, so Santana could be the Twins' full-time first baseman in 2019. Plus, whoever signs him you know, puts a dent in the Twins' main division rival, the Indians, but certainly if the Twins signed Santana, you're putting a nice dent into your main competition. But again, I will stress, A, it's early, B, I would not bet on the Twins landing Santana, but I do think whether it's a trade or shelling out a bunch of money, I see them acquiring a good starter plus a good reliever. As Thad Levine said on Scoop Podcast episode 107, their offseason plan has shifted a bit when you're coming off a playoff season. You have to be a little bit more all-in now on 2018 than maybe you would have been going back a year when you laid out a three-, four-, five-year blueprint, which still they will hold to when talking about the front office, Derek Falvey, Thad, Levine. But you have to shift that plan a little bit coming off the playoff season in which they had. Other Twins notes, Miguel Sano undergoes surgery. He'll have that rod inserted. He's got that shin pain. He'll have that surgery in New York on Monday. He will then stay in New York for two weeks. After that, he will continue his rehab in both Fort Myers and the Dominican Republic. The Twins have facilities in both locations. The Twins' preference would be he spends way more time in Fort Myers, if not all his time, but that plan is still being laid out between the Twins and Sano's agent, Kyle Thousand. Also on the Twins, Ryan O'Rourke outrighted off the 40-man roster. So he will choose free agency. He has that right. He will choose free agency. Certainly he is looking at alternatives. He's not dismissing the idea of coming back to the Twins, but at this point it doesn't look like Ryan O'Rourke will be back with the Twins. Chris Jimenez also outrighted off the roster. I wouldn't completely, same deal, dismiss the idea of him coming back, but with Mitch Garver, with Jason Castro, I can see Chris Jimenez certainly exploring free agency. He will do that. He will look at his options in free agency. Former Twins player, former Twins minor league manager, Doug Minkiewicz, is now the AAA manager for the Tigers in Toledo, Ohio. He sent me a text the other day. Here is the Minkiewicz statement. I also put this on Twitter, so you may have seen it on Twitter. Having to leave the Twins organization twice under circumstances out of my control has been tough emotionally. Tough. I'm not going to lie. The city, the fans, the players, the staffs are all family to me and always will be. That being said, I was born in Toledo and remember finally going to Gold Digger games with my family. The Red Wings are my favorite hockey team. 
I still have a lot of family around that area. In 1998, I made my debut in Old Tiger Stadium. With Guardy leading the way, this decision was a no-brainer for me. I'm looking forward to working with and being part of such a storied franchise. Those are the words of Doug Minkiewicz, the new manager of Detroit's AAA team in Toledo, Ohio. All right, let's get to the Wolves. They sent Marcus George's hunt to Iowa to the G League. I'm told that is short term. I know there's some Twitter speculation. Are the Wolves on the cusp of adding anybody? They essentially have two open roster spots. The answer I sense is no. And again, it's because the George's hunt move is short term. The Wolves were never in on Eric Bledsoe. Now that that trade is official, he is a Milwaukee Buck. The Wolves were not in on Eric Bledsoe. Lou Aldang speculation hitting the web, hitting social media this week that the Lakers would have some interest in getting out from underneath that contract. No bleep, no crap. I mean, I don't know who the Lakers were bidding against a year ago. That's a big reason why Mitch Kupchak is unemployed at the moment. I mean, heck, the Wolves offered him three years, $36 million. The third year was only partially guaranteed. So the Wolves offered Lou Aldang $30 million guaranteed. Might have even been 28 or 29 they weren't even willing to guarantee, fully guarantee the third year. Washington offered him a two-year deal. Why the Lakers went to four years, $72 million is beyond me, but credit to Dang and his agent for securing that deal. So why would Luau Dang give up a bunch of money to hit free agency? If he does hit free agency, sure, the Wolves would have some level of interest. The issue the Lakers have is this. They want all cap flexibility next summer. They want to go after LeBron James, after Paul George. So it's not like the Lakers want those cap hits next summer and the year beyond, you know, but that's a hard one to negotiate, you know, unless Lou Aldang is willing to take a significant pay cut, you know, if he only takes, you know, 15 cents on the dollar in terms of a buyout. I don't see that. Why would Lou Aldang leave all that money on the table? So the two sides are at a standstill, but maybe it gets resolved as we get closer to the trade deadline. If it does, Yes, the Wolves would have some interest in Luol Dang. He is one of Tom Thibodeau's favorites. Does he fit in? I don't know. I mean, that's open for debate. You know, heck, the Wolves were playing their starters late in the Wednesday loss to Golden State, so there's still a sense that Tibbs will play his starters many minutes, although the bench has been good. You know, do they need another 3-4 type player? You know, I don't know. That's open for, for debate, but I'm just telling you, if Luol Dang enters free agency, the Wolves would be one of a few teams that certainly would come calling. Let me add, by the way, because the Wolves do have at least one open roster spot, I guess at the moment two, but certainly the one. I mean, they're not at the full 15. That If the right player came available, it's not like, you know, they're dismissive of the idea of adding a player right now. So when I say the sense is they're not close to adding anybody, I fully believe that as I'm taping this on Thursday afternoon. But, hey, if a certain player became available over the weekend, early next week, you know, they do have that flexibility. I've told you they've done their homework on Jared Dudley. You know, that's a name to watch as we get closer to the trade deadline. I still think they'll do something eventually. I just don't think it's in the next week or two. I think it's as we get closer to the trade deadline. Mrs. Wolfson is blowing up my phone. It is cold outside. Hey, I ran to hy to get a few things. Thought my hands were going to freeze. Stupid garage door. That means our garage door is broken. Actually, I think it's just off the track. That would be my hunch. All right, so that's happening as I'm taping this. She's probably wondering where I am as well. So I think I'll just speed through a bunch of notes, and we'll call it a podcast, episode 108. First, some love for running tap 
running hyphen tap online. They are offering one heck of a deal right now. It's a beer delivery service, by the way. Here is the coupon code, the scoop 2 the scoop 2 that gets you $20 off a purchase of $30 or more. They deliver right from all the craft beer establishments, at least many of them. Not every single one, but many of them. Check out the website, running-tap.com. They will deliver that beer, the ones that they go to, they will deliver that beer right to you. They deliver on Sundays as well. No upcharge for a delivery on a Sunday. So they will charge you the same amount no matter the day of the week. I'm telling you, for more information, running-tap.com. If you're into the local beer scene, but you can't always get out and about, they will bring that beer to you. So check it out. It is online, running-tap.com. All right, let's start with, where should we go? How about Gophers basketball? How about Reggie Lynch? Senior Reggie Lynch, good returning player, not a captain. The team voted Jordan Murphy plus Nate Mason as the captains. I guess I'm not shocked. I won't go into deep detail there, but I'm not shocked that Reggie Lynch is not a captain. That being said, Reggie Lynch is a good player. He's got a chance to make money somewhere, whether it's in Europe or if he has a good year. Maybe as a second-round pick, you know, NBA, or he can go the G League route, establish himself, and maybe have an outside chance of making an NBA roster eventually. Heck, he's got a gift. He can block shots. You know, Flip Saunders always used to tell me, hey, each NBA player needs to have at least one NBA skill. I would argue Reggie Lynch has an NBA skill right now. It's blocking shots. I'm told the Gophers game later this month at home against Miami will attract a number of NBA scouts. That is the one in the next handful of weeks that NBA scouts have circled involving the Gophers. Richard Patino, Gophers coach, was at a banquet on Sunday, had a couple friends at this banquet. It was a coaches versus cancer banquet. Any Dinah, I'm told, Patino wowed the crowd. He does have the gift of gab. He can be entertaining. He can be self-deprecating. So anyway, Richard Patino at that banquet on Sunday in Edina. I thought that was noteworthy. I will note that Jarvis Omersa, Jarvis Omersa, formerly Jarvis Thomas, that's why I'm bringing this up, is now going by his mom's last name. His mom has raised him. He is the gopher signee from Orono High School, formerly of Tartan High School. So just make note of that. He is no longer Jarvis Thomas. He is Jarvis Omersa. Gabe Kausher of De La Salle High School, the sharpshooter. He will sign his letter of intent with the Gophers on Friday, 3.30 Friday afternoon. Daniel Oturu, the face of the 2018 recruiting class, one of the best centers in the country. He signed his letter of intent on Wednesday as well, just like Jarvis Omersa. He's from Creighton, Darham Hall. Michigan State was about to offer him. Kansas wanted him. The Gophers beat out a number of named schools for Daniel Oturu. Gophers men's basketball won't have any name recruits at Friday's opener against USC Upstate, but they do plan on that Miami game. So I mentioned the Miami game attracting a number of NBA scouts. The plan is to have a number of local recruits at that Miami game. Shifting where to Vikings. How about this? Everson Griffin, he's missed practice this week, but Mike Zimmer telling a few reporters on Thursday late afternoon he is in. Everson Griffin will play on Sunday at Washington. Mike Remmers still in the concussion protocol. I mean, I guess he could come out at any moment, but as of the taping of this podcast, Mike Remmers still in the concussion protocol. He has not been cleared to practice. He missed practice Wednesday, missed practice Thursday. The Vikings right tackle having a good year. Gophers football. 
I'm told they won't go as much max protect on Saturday against Nebraska. It's because Nebraska just doesn't have the pass rush or the defense that Michigan has or Iowa has. So they'll go back to pretty much what they've been doing, you know, more so from like the Maryland game, the Purdue game. We'll see the offense look more like that than what we saw the last few weeks. Wildcat really didn't work. I mentioned the Wildcat heading into the Michigan game. Yeah, it didn't really work against Michigan. And what else do I have written down about Gophers football? P.J. Fleck earlier this week was on a recruiting trip out west. You know, that's not always the case in season. Coaches hopping on a jet and flying for a while. I mean, P.J. Fleck was pretty much gone all day. I think it was Monday. Yeah, it could have been Sunday. I was told earlier in the week. I believe it was Monday. And I guess, you know, from a game plan standpoint, it's a big, uh, you know, preparation day and all that. But he's got assistant coaches. He realizes he has to bring in a number of high-level recruits. He will do that with the 2018 recruiting class, but he needs to put a focus on the 2019 recruiting class, which he has been doing. And he knows he has to fix the quarterback position. Fleck has talked about this publicly a number of times, but how far do we have to go back? We have to go back many, 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 many years the last time the Gophers had a quarterback drafted. You know, so he knows he has to fix the quarterback position. He wants to bring in multiple quarterbacks in the 2018 class. I've mentioned a Boise State commit that they've made an offer to. They've offered that Juco, who plans on visiting at some point, likely in December, not November. He's also visiting Kansas. His name is not on my sheet here. Vic something. Anyway, they are chasing a number of 2018 quarterbacks, a number of 2019 quarterbacks. P.J. Fleck realizes he has to fix the quarterback position. J.D. Spielman back home, Rick Spielman's son, you know, former star at Eden Prairie High School. He's the best receiver for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Recall Jerry Kill, Tracy Clays, they had interest in J.D. Spielman, but when it came to that recruiting class, they already had secured a few receiver commitments. So Spielman saw that, you know, Nebraska chased him heavily. You know, he just said, hey, there's a clearer path to playing time more immediately at Nebraska, but the Gophers certainly had interest in J.D. Spielman. They offered him, this isn't a Nate Stanley situation, the quarterback from Iowa, who's from Menominee, 70 miles down the road, where the Gophers really didn't recruit him. Man, I like Nate Stanley. Love that arm. I really like Nate Stanley, and he'll be the Hawkeyes quarterback for the next few years. The Gophers really didn't have interest in Stanley. They had all sorts of interest in J.D. Spielman. He just happened to choose Nebraska over the Gophers, but I'm telling you why. It's because the Gophers already had secured a number of commitments at his position. Anything else to get to? I'm looking at this. Yeah, I mean, pretty much Twins Free Agency has dominated my time this week. Again, they're in on a number of relievers, starting pitchers. They are talking trade with a number of teams. They are open to doing some different things, some creative things. You know, so the Twins are certainly monopolizing a lot of my time. If you missed Scoop Podcast episode 107, Brian Windhorst of ESPN was fantastic on the Wolves. Some other NBA talking points, Wolves owner Glenn Taylor also joined, and Thad Levine was on for a little free agency preview, Twins general manager, Thad Levine. Be sure to check out the sponsors of the Scoop Podcast. Remember, they keep the podcast going, runningtap, running-tap.com, Vine Park Brewing, vinepark.com online. Give Vine Park some love, give Running Tap some love. If you're into beer, heck, go get some. Get some from Vine Park or order some from Running Tap. Again, running-tap.com, vinepark.com for all sorts of other information, stuff that I'm not filling in the blanks on when it comes to those two fine companies. Thank you so much, everyone. I'll be back next week. 
If I can get to two podcasts, great. If I just get to one, so be it. I know Tyler J., Twins reliever, Twins prospect reliever, is supposed to join at some point. Seth Rosine is a friend, former Gophers pitcher, former Phillies and Rangers pitcher. He had a relationship with Roy Halladay when he was with the Phillies, knew Roy a little bit from some spring training stuff. Plus, he's playing for Ozzie Guillen in Venezuela. Plus, just the idea of, of being in Venezuela, you know, all sorts of issues in Venezuela. Seth Rosine is down there playing winter ball or, I guess, late fall ball. So I figured I'd track down Seth Rosine at some point. I know he does get cell service down there. So I will work on one or both of those, and we'll see what else pops up when it comes to guests. Plus, I'll continue to pursue all sorts of twins, hot stove rumors. Plus, there's always something going on with the local team. So there's always something to keep me on my toes. Always appreciate you listening. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 108.